Hi, I'm Mina Savari, and you're listening to the Harb Squad Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Horse Squad Podcast, episode number 268. Tonight we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan's 2023 release, Knock at the Cabin, currently in theaters and on demand. On winner co-host Todd, we have Steve, we have Joe. Men, boys, fellas, guys, uh, dudes. Meatballs. Other? Yeah, meatballs. Uh, droogs. Is droogs a word? Is that from Clockwork Orange? It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How you guys doing? fantastic i'm ready for monster mania the day of this recording is when i'm heading out so yeah super excited if anyone's gonna be there come say hey you'll see me i'll be doing freddy so if you see basically a freddy with the chest of souls art the clown but there'll probably be a million art the clowns and the creeper from jeepers creepers come say hey Uh, i'll be there friday and saturday it's gonna be super fun good time i've decided to meet the undertaker get his autograph so I'll probably be in that line most of the day Friday, but we shall see. Supposedly he signs super fast. So I'm hoping I can get him done within like an hour. So we'll see how that goes, but yeah, I'll give a whole breakdown of it next uh, week. That's awesome. Um, I'm doing good. I'm actually recording from South Carolina. I'm in Myrtle beach right now and I will be for a little while. So a uh, long ass drive, 17 hours of driving and I am fucking exhausted I just got in a couple hours ago, but uh, I need to give a shout out here. Uh, One of our listeners, Dr. Guts, uh, sent a recommendation. So his wife has a true crime podcast. So I was looking for some podcasts to fill my time on the road. And it's called Devil's Food, a true crime kitchen and podcast. And honestly, it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, So please, if you like true crime type stuff, check it out. Uh, You know, it's on all the podcast networks i watched it i listened to it on itunes and it really like you know filled my my time for the first half of my drive unfortunately they're only uh like six episodes so um i I didn't have enough for my whole drive but i truly enjoyed it it's uh two women who do it and they have great rapport and i'm amazed at how good their podcast is for being so early like our podcast sucked (laughs) when we first started you know sound issues and uh, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm very impressed. So check it out. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. I would recommend to Steve for your ride back, uh, sword and scale. They are a fan, uh, fantastic true crime podcast. It's just one guy who does it, but they have a ton of, uh, you know, police phone calls and interrogation call like videos and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's me and Sam's like favorite true crime podcast. So definitely check that one out if you haven't yet. Yeah, I definitely will. It's a long drive. So, it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of occupies your mind as uh, you go through these long ass, uh, you know, stretches of road. And it was an interesting drive, though, I got to say, because where I live, um, it, I had a snowstorm on the Saturday. And I'm at the point now on my yard where I have to shovel over my head because my snowbank is above my head. It's about it's seven feet uh, high. And driving down and slowly seeing the snow like get lower and lower until I hit about Pennsylvania and then there was no snow left. And then it becomes a, a thing where the gas, the grass starts getting greener and greener and the trees like fuller and fuller. 
It's America uh, it, welcoming me, buddy. Yeah, it was fucking cool. So I love that part of it. Uh, it was interesting. A lot of a lot of interesting stuff in the U.S. on those drives. All kinds of billboards that are interesting and uh, stores and stuff like that. So it's fun. I saw the funniest sticker the other day. Not to alienate anybody, it's not my intention, but it was just so funny. It was a three-parter, and the top said uh, "God," middle "Guns." And then the last one, can you guess it? Oh, Trump. I saw so many of those. <laughs> I think it's like, it's, oh man, I can't, I, any any political stickers is just crazy to me, but like, that's so funny. God's Dude, guns, Trump. I'm like, there's <laughs> an emporium right next to my hotel that is just like Trump stuff. And like, I like, I don't care where you politically lean. I really don't. But to like idolize a politician to me is weird. I like I don't care what yeah, politician it is. I would never yeah. have a fucking let alone a sticker of any politician. It's just not my yeah. thing. But hey, that's what you know floats do your what boat. You do. Yeah, it's like those um pop up shops. Like if like you know your local football team's going to the playoffs, like random dudes will print out shirts and stuff and make a killing. So hey, it's fucking selling because it's like six years later and they're still selling shit. So hey, you do you yeah all right uh, you guys ready for some questions mm-hmm. let's do it all right you can ask us those questions on social media at the horror squad podcast or of course you can join our wonderful discord absolutely free of charge great people great conversations all the time all hours of the night it's crazy sometimes you put the phone down for a little bit you pick it back up and there's 110 messages <laughs> of people who chatted about whatever it is they're chatting about so pretty awesome in there. Uh, first series of questions, as always, is audio from our boy Chuck. So Chuck, what is your first question? Hey, Horror Squad. Chuck here with a few questions. First question, what is the best way to get rid of solicitors or unwanted guests? Ooh, tell them you're renting the house and they will just walk away. Because like if they're selling like an alarm system or something, they're like, oh, man, I'm just renting, dude. And then it's like, oh, okay. Networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a that's a really good one. Um, I usually just say, "Oh, this isn't my house." Like, I, I'm just I'm just house sitting, <laughs> and usually that works. A uh, special Todd tip too: if uh, someone's selling an alarm system and they ask you, like, "Hey, do you have like window break alarms?" Don't don't answer them. They might be some right. case in your place. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it might not be what it, I, I look like the type of person that would do this, but I totally do. So when you open my front door, uh, there's a spooky sound that comes out. It comes out of my alarm system that there's like an option to change it to like a spooky sound every time you open the door. And I'll always answer with something like, are you here for the blood? Or just something that like makes them kind of freaked out by me. <laughs> and they usually leave me alone after that, especially like there's a certain typical group of people that come to the door every once in a while that are there to uh, give you the good word if you know what i mean and, uh, they're trying to save you steve yeah yeah they're here to save me to tell me that the apocalypse is coming so it's always good times well, but, i mean uh, get the date so you can be prepared right but yeah i just i just i essentially tried to make it as spooky as possible so that they leave me alone and then tell my neighbors that don't fuck with that house you know yeah or you could always, you could always there was someone who uh they put uh, the P or there's a lot of people that do this, but they put the fake ADT sign. Like, even though they don't pay for the service, they just put the sign out on their, their front. So it looks like they're, they have security when they really don't smart, smart idea though. If you don't want to pay for it. I'd, uh, 
like a house or two ago. I did not like my neighbor. Shout out Bill, uh, old man. But a solicitor came to my house and I was like mowing the lawn, you know, so I couldn't escape. But I'm like, hey, you know who really want, likes this? Bill. He's my next door neighbor. Like, just go knock on the door. His name's Bill. <laughs> he went over there. It was stuck. It was so fucking funny. Fuck Bill. Shout out to Bill. Nice. All right, Chuck, what is your second question? If you could instantly become an expert in one subject, what would it be? Ooh, loaded question. Uh, ooh, I got nothing here. Go for it, gentlemen. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> I got one. Uh, time to think about it. Economics. Because if I knew the secret to money, I could probably make money without working. You know, if I really knew how to play the stock market like perfectly and I could see all the trends and everything, I feel that I could get rich without really trying all that hard. So economics would be a good subject to master. You don't, do you guys have Jim Cramer up there? Yeah, we have, we have, uh, mad money. Mad money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we have our own version. Yeah. But yeah. (laughs) Um, That's a really good one, Steve. Um, I would probably choose like, handy profession you know like you know joe's expert electrician that's a really good skill to have but like just uh no like seriously like if something goes wrong in your house and you can't fix it yourself you're fucked because you gotta pay arm and a leg to get someone to fix it yeah but if you're economics you don't have to do it yourself (laughs) you fix someone and not worry about it i know i guess i know what you mean though yeah yeah Yeah. mechanically inclined i guess that's that's good there Mm -hmm. yeah um i guess just to be different i'll say like uh cooking like i'm not really a great cook but like making like a fucking like gordon ramsay style meal every night would be fucking amazing so yeah let's go with that make a nice beef wellington nice i like it uh all right chuck what is your final question last question i think i've actually asked you this before but if you knew you were about to die but you got to choose your last meal. What would it be? Thanks, guys. Look forward to the episode. Ooh, this is always interesting because it's always I always found it really interesting to hear like what uh, like serial killers and like people on yeah. death row have for their last meals. Uh, I would just keep it super simple. Um, I would do a large pizza. I don't know what, but like cheese, jalapeno, pepperoni, cheese. jalapeno, something like that. Uh, a side of buffalo wings uh, from Hooters because they're my favorite chicken wings. Uh, so Hooters yeah, large... is your favorite wing? It is my favorite oh, wing. Yeah, okay. I, I really, I really like breaded chicken wings. Like naked ones are okay, but I, I really like the the deep fried ones. So, side of Hooters chicken wings, Three Mile Island sauce, large pizza, and for dessert, ooh. Ben, like a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. What flavor? For sure. Yeah. yeah, that's they have so many good flavors, but um, my favorite might be Caramel Sutra because it's got like the big core of caramel in the middle. So yeah, fish food also very good. Fish food, like lobster and stuff? What's that? Fish? No, fish food ice cream. It's like chocolate and vanilla ice cream with little chocolate coated uh, like fish things. Nice. It's like fish, it's fish food pH, so it's like I think it's like, it's like after the band fish, but it's got like caramel and marshmallow in it too. It's really good. Yummy. On a tangent here, would you do you guys agree with the last meal for a serial killer? I I personally don't. I think he just gets fucking plain white rice that day. <laughs> I would tend to agree. His victim didn't right. get to choose the last meal. 
Yeah, there. I mean, should anyone on death row get a last meal? Really, I don't really understand the thing. They're fucking in there. They're terrible people. Why do they deserve like a really great last meal? Just give them fucking the slop they always get. Fuck yeah. them. You should. You, you should make them write it out and then give them <laughs> slop. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, make them like pine over it and yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasize. Yeah. Hey, you want me to go to McDonald's, dude? I got you the. Um, personally, though, I would go a nice country fried steak, like a big fucking country fried steak with the white gravy. Let's do mashed potatoes. Let's do steak fries. Um, let's throw a double cheeseburger in there too. And you know, I'm not gonna finish all this, but I'm gonna take a bite out of everything. Um, I'm gonna do some chicken wings from this place in Louisville called Granny's. Um, oh my gosh, I can't I can't think of it now, but smoked wings are excellent. And then for a dessert, let's go a cheesecake with like a nice um graham cracker or like crust or whatever nice it's an expensive meal there <laughs> hey if i'm you know back if i'm a death row taxpayers pay for it that's true so fuck uh, off. <laughs> for me it would be meatballs with brown gravy mashed potatoes and white bread with butter but the fuck is <laughs> we enjoy going all elaborate <laughs> asterisks it has to be made by my grandmother because this that's what that was my favorite meal she used to make when i was a kid uh, I fucking love it. And it's just one of those things like, you know, is it the best meal I've ever had? No, probably not. But it's like special to me because my grandmother has been making it and she's like 88 now and still making it. And oh, fuck, she's a disaster when she makes it now. She's like, she's old school, you know, she's like old school cooker. So she'll like smack the fucking burner to see if it's still on or not. And like just, God, watching her cook makes gives me anxiety because she like just pots going all over the place. The chances of the house burning down are super high, but she just manages to make it, you know, not burn and make it amazing. So they got that touch, you know. That's grandma's been doing it for sixty years, Steve. Leave her alone. <laughs> I know. I, I don't fine. say anything. It's just it's watching it. It's just like God, yeah, crazy. Are you a meatball guy or just just hers? Like, oh, I'm not, not really. I'm not that no? big of a meatball. I mean, I'll eat meatballs, but it's okay. not like something I'll order at this, you know, <laughs> store or anything. Do you guys want to hear? I pulled up some famous yeah, serial killers last meals. Let's hear them. All right. So John Wayne Gacy. Piece of shit. Uh, in, in, piece of shit. Infamous serial killer, of course. Uh, he requested 12 fried shrimp, a bucket of original recipe KFC, French fries, and how's this for your dessert? This is very interesting. A pound of strawberries. Fucking interesting. piece of shit. I hope he choked yes. on them. Um, another very big piece of shit, uh, Timothy McVeigh, of course, the Oklahoma City bomber, uh, simply requested just two pints of mint chocolate chip ice cream <laughs> and nothing else. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, very interesting here is, did you guys know that there is a traditional last meal? Ted Bundy, infamous serial killer, of course, declined his uh, special meal. And instead, they gave him this traditional last meal, which is steak cooked medium rare, eggs over easy, hash browns, toast with butter, uh, toast with butter and jelly, milk and juice. So basically, you get breakfast <laughs> essentially for That's your first like traditional. Better last meal. than a lot of people that are not as well off get, man. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's like a bunch of other killers that I'm not familiar with. One guy. Um, uh, Henry Hargeeves, not familiar with him, but he, interestingly enough, requested rainbow-colored pancakes. So 
<laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, whatever, you know, make it a little harder right. on the people cooking this stuff. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's a, a few of uh, our infamous killers that have in their last meals. That's crazy. Um, all right, Chuck. So thank you very much for the questions. And we now go to Cody, Odd Job versus 007. What other horror novels would you like to see adapted into a movie? I'm going to relegate and leave this one to Todd because he's the big reader. I'm not much of a reader these days. Uh, yeah, um, Swan Song by uh, Robert McCannon is an excellent um, post-nuclear war horror book. And um, I think you're, I've, gosh, I'm terrible tonight, but on a, our Discord we were talking about too, it's a great follow-up and answer to um, Stephen King's um book there that everyone loves i forget because man i'm going to be terrible at trivia tonight i can't remember a single fucking thing uh but swan song is excellent and i think it's been optioned a few times but every time it happens it falls through like with every other project but stephen king thinking or on the stephen king uh thought process right here it's one called the long walk which has been in development for like 10 fucking years but basically it's a uh, they get a group of kids and they make them walk and they have to like maintain a, a certain speed or they fucking just get shot in the head and it's kind of like the Running Man kind of style because it's a game show. It's televised. Um, it'd be super hard to to, uh, to make work, though, because it's literally just them walking on the road and having their thoughts and talking and stuff. But it's such a cool book that I would love to see it in the hands of, like, a capable director. So it's a long walk. There was one, Todd, that sounded really cool that you talked about on the podcast maybe like a year or two ago that i think sounded like it would be great for a horror movie i don't know the name of it but it was um haunted forest tour? like yeah the haunted forest tour exactly yeah, I remember that you liked awesome. yeah yeah that's cool like randomly this forest like sprouts up in the middle of nowhere and inside the forest are a bunch of monsters like we're talking fucking like bigfoots and little like creepy goblins and demons and shit and this company gets uh, makes money off it and they give them like armored tour buses with armed guards and shit and they take people into the forest to like look at monsters and of course it goes wrong and you know they break in and kill everybody but it's a super cool story and i think a lot of people like that you should read it yeah i want i want to i I was looking at the audiobook actually like just a couple months ago so i think i might pull the trigger and actually give it a listen yeah i'm gonna take this a different way and i'm gonna go kind of left field with this one but i'd like to see an instructional type video for the zombie survival guide by Max, uh, Max Brooks. You know, just take it as if you're making one of those like work survival, you know, like something that is required viewing for people to survive an apocalypse and just have fun with it. You know, I think it's a really cool book, uh, the way it's written and everything. And uh, I think it would be kind of a cool thing to see. So he did something similar, Steve, that I think you would love if you can find it. Um, but on Coast to Coast AM, like the late night alien talk talk show, yeah, yeah. he came on and did a World War Z type of thing where they both pretended that the zombie apocalypse had happened and he went through like survival methods and things they had to go through. It was really interesting. Uh, that's got to be on YouTube somewhere. So I'll definitely check that out. Um, so the next questions are from Patty. First question, which version you guys like better? The Cabin in the Woods or The Strangers? Which movie do we look better between those yeah, two? I, yeah, or series, or yeah. Oh, Cabin in the Woods for me. I think it's just a funner, more fun movie. Uh, yeah, very different. Yeah, I think it really just depends on your mood, right? Like, but I guess the better movie is probably Cabin in the Woods. But 
I'm a big fan of the strangers too, but if you, if you have had to, if you're making me choose a cabin in the woods, same thing for me. Uh, I'm not a big home invasion guy. So uh, the strangers, although I think it's a good film, it's not like one of my favorites kind of subgenres of horror. So in this case, I would, I would personally pick cabin in the woods. Um, her next question, what will you guys do in case of an apocalypse in the future? So how would you prepare for if you knew the apocalypse was coming? Depends on what kind we're having, right? Like if it's a big ass asteroid and we don't have right. Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck to save us, like right. Yeah. I'm probably offing myself. Honestly, I mean, I'm I probably would. Uh even I don't know, like I, I like watching The Last of Us. I'm like, do you and like Walking Dead and stuff? I'm like, do I really want to live in that type of world? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I really think I, 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 I would maybe try it for a little bit and see, but it just seems like such a fucking miserable existence that, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to live in those worlds. Not to get dark, but <laughs> I mean, that's just my thoughts. <laughs> kill yourself um quite possibly honestly how to how would we prepare um i mean i think it's very important like to prepare it like to some degree you know like steve has his crazy winter storms and you know over here we have you know crazy twister weather and things like that so i think it's very important that you have at least i forget like the official fema recommendation whatever but it's gallons of water for every person in your family things like that so i was have at least three days of supplies for that. Not because I'm thinking zombies are going to attack or anything like that, but it's, you know, power goes out and you don't realize how fucked it is when you can't turn the light switch, you know? So top tip, get some gallons of water and some uh, non-perishable foods and maybe a little camping stove with some burners and all that crap and you'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've gone through, you know, like uh, talked about the ice storms and, you know, you have snowstorms. I went through, yeah. I when said, you take a shower. <laughs> right. Like, don't starve me. <laughs> I don't want to derail this podcast to like the Twister episode. Um, yeah. It's just, you got to be ready. You know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff, shit that can happen. Uh, as far as if it, I knew it was going to be my last day, it's a type of apocalypse that you just can't stop. Uh, I would live it through because just on the 0.1 chance that someone would stop it i'd kind of put hope into it so i wouldn't off myself uh and i i i try to live through uh last of us or um walking dead you know try to make the best of it i mean some people seem to live okay lives in those worlds so it's just a matter of i guess yeah, your will you can have like nine wives dude yeah <laughs> right exactly so thank you patty for the questions final series of questions comes to us from jackie this movie is about making difficult choices. So a few would you rathers, I'll try to keep them PG. Really don't need to. We are all about the non-PG, but okay, they're PG questions. First one, would you rather lose all the money you earned this year or lose all the memories you made this year? Mm, I guess I'll throw this back to last year since we're early in the year. I, that's a tough one, but unfortunately money is the root of life end of all evil but i'm keeping the money <laughs> yeah I, I yeah we'd be out in the fucking streets if i lost all that money. right so losing memories unfortunately yeah. uh, then i would we wouldn't remember that great event we had with omri no honestly I'm, I'm gonna go the opposite um you know i'd lose my money because 
we were talking, I went to California, met some amazing people there. I went to Salem, met some amazing people there. We went to Maine, you know, that was a super great trip, like all within six months. We went to Halloween Horror Nights, uh, like last yeah. year was fucking amazing for me anyway. So I, I wouldn't want to lose that year. Now, if it's 2023 so far, fuck it. I want my money. <laughs> it hasn't been that memorable so far, but it's been just <laughs> winter storms and fucking like bullshit. Uh, but yeah, hopefully the rest of the year picks up. Yeah, Steve had a rough week. He his his TV broke for about a week and he didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's been rough. <laughs> Has that been fixed? Yep, yeah, yeah, it's fixed. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. it was under warranty. So I awesome. I always think of the warranty, but when it's something like that, you know you. Got to plan ahead. Speaking of planning, get your warranty, folks. Yeah, Steve uh, right. doesn't have water, but he has his TV covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that would totally be me. Like my priority is great. Um, number two, would you rather travel back in time and make changes to your life, or travel to the future to prepare for where you end up? Ooh, that's a great question. Hmm. So, if you go into the future, like, are you seeing like what you're what you're doing, like? Yeah, you get like, to watch yourself in the future. You know, like to think back to the future. Uh, yeah, I would, I would. I think I would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree because you can change things still, like like Marty did in Back to Future Part Two. He fucks up and like does some illegal insider trading or something, right? And then he fucks his life over, and then he switches it. But blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, I think you go to the future and like oh, see what you did wrong, and then you can go back in time. Like all right, don't buy this stock or don't fucking move to texas stupid fuck and stuff like that (laughs) yeah uh see again i'm gonna be different i'm gonna go to the past and do biff style you know like like this person won this fight and this team won the super bowl by this score and you know just make myself rich essentially by telling my past self what's going to happen in the future to marry your high school non-sweetheart too Nothing. Right. I'm, I'm married, so <laughs> well, you gotta change it. You gotta be like Biff completely, right? Yeah. No, definitely not. Um, all right. Her number three: Would you rather go to jail for a crime you didn't commit, or commit a crime and never get caught but live with the guilt the rest of your life? Fuck! I'll go to Walmart and still kick cat bar right now, dude. <laughs> I'm doing that. Same. Oh yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it really depends what the crime is. Like, if we're talking like murder or something, I mean, Still I mean, that's probably. so. I could probably, yeah. I mean, I could live with it. I think, like, <laughs> I, but I guess it'd be more the fear of getting caught, you know, like eventually. But yeah, fuck rather that. than you already you getting caught, like you're caught in the other scenario. Whether right, exactly, yeah, or... yeah. So yeah, um, I'll live with the guilt. <laughs> Who are you killing? Who you got in mind? As I mean, no one in this moment, but you know, yourself. what if I pull, what if I do like, an, I know what you did last summer scenario, you know, I don't, you, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I do the same thing. I mean, it's just like the whole point is not to be in jail. So if you're in jail for something you didn't commit, you're still in jail. So um, live with the guilt, I guess. Hey, speaking of books, if we can circle back, because I just got a one that popped in my mind. Um, exoskeleton I've talked about before, but this gentleman, he gets charged for rape and attempted murder even though he didn't do it um and they have this new program called um condensed punishment so but they don't tell you what it is so like hey you're either in prison for life or you do a year of really hard time he's like fuck i'll do a year they put him in this suit that does torture you know, like 14 hours a day for a whole year 
psychological. They put bugs on them and let them sting them. Uh, they like do the old fashioned medieval times thing where they like spread their their arms and pop them out to the point of breaking, and it's like super fucking brutal. So I think that'd be a cool story too. Yeah, that'd be fucking crazy. We have two more here. Next one. Would you rather be cursed with bad sex for the next five years or not have sex for one year? I mean, sex like pizza, even bad, even bad, even if it's bad, it's still good. So give me the bad sex for five years. I'm like living the year thing right now. So we'll stick with that. <laughs> yeah, I think a year goes by fast. So, <laughs> you know, you just. I, I still got lefty. We're good. <laughs> right. And righty when you feel a little uh, frisky. The stranger. Sit, <laughs> sit, sit on it for an hour and then do it. Right. Um, all right. And her final one and the final question for this week. Would you rather watch Kuso on repeat for 72 hours or give no. up doing the podcast? Oh, yeah, I guess I'd have to. I'm not, I'm not giving up the podcast. So, yeah, I'll watch Kuso on a loop. Yeah, watch it with your fucking eyes like open like Alex's the whole time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, two, two clockwork orange references. Yeah, I'm feeling so. it today. Like halfway through. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch two seventy-two hours. Not, not that big of a problem. I, I never made it past ten minutes, though, so that's gonna be a first-time watch. <laughs> you, you get desensitized. It, like when I watch Kuso, it's fucking disgusting. There's no doubt. But after like fifteen minutes, you've already seen like how bad it gets and it just you become almost like numb to it you know it just right yeah well there you go todd's holding a clockwork orange uh book that book's book's super hard to read too because it's in their language you know that they speak oh yeah yeah they're bullshit fucking right right (laughs) have either of you guys met mcdowell yes no and his 800 pictures on his table because yeah he has a lot yeah he's got like four yeah. tables of fucking prints <laughs> yeah him, him and romero have had the biggest tables i've ever seen at a con carpet i'm interested what Car- carpenters was really big from when i remember the one time i met him so i'll be interested to see what it, i bet ramey will have a big table too because he's done so much shit he's done quite a bit yeah uh yeah. but the, the funny thing about mcdowell is he is he even has nudes of, of himself on his table what? full dong uh, no, it's ass. Uh, like there, there's a, there's a picture of him, and I remember this vividly because it was right in front of him when I got my Clockwork Orange poster signed. It's uh, him bending over and a doctor like with a flashlight up his butt. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it's from I super. I had a super awkward uh, moment. Well, witnessed a super awkward moment at a con. It was Camille Keaton who played um, in. I spit on your grave. She was the main girl in that. She had nude photos, um, but like they were like in like a special binder, so like you could request them. And like this guy like requested them and like went through them and stuff. And then he just like handed it back to her. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're gonna request the nude photos, like at least buy one to have her autograph it. You know, but he just kind of like looked through it and then like I was like, oh, that's kind of fucking that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, creepy shit. All right. And as we always do on this podcast, when we talk about the most uh, like creepy and fucking disgusting stuff, we push it to our sponsor because that's the kind of podcast <laughs> we are. So everybody check out our ad for Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. 
coffee to die for, and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Tits, ass, and coffee. <laughs> that, in that order. Are you ready for what watched? What watched? What have you guys been watching? A lot. So I'm going to talk about two movies, but they're kind of the same. So I'm going to talk to them in, in one little segment here. Uh, at Mondo, who is uh, Todd and I's co-host on the Let's XP Geek and Gaming podcast, he told me to watch a movie that, or two movies that just came out on Shutter recently called Necromantic. So Necromantic are video nasty films. And I was curious as to why these movies are video nasty films, as I always am. Like, are they actually so gross? But And sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. Oh, boy. This one certainly is something else. So the story of the first one is very simple. Uh, you have a couple. They like necrophilia. They like dead bodies. And one of the guys, he's like a crime scene cleanup crew guy. And he brings that, he brings home one of the bodies for him and his wife to fornicate with. And the movie is basically them fornicating with his body. And then the girl uh, starts like preferring the body to her husband. And he starts to get jealous about it. And it becomes this whole thing. And finally, spoiler alert. Uh, so maybe fast forward like 30 seconds. He kills himself as he's jacking off, uh, you know, because of what happened with the body. A very disgusting film. Uh, the The body is like, this is not a fresh body. This is a decomposed body. It's like black and blue. It's super slimy. Uh, watching them like screw it is so fucking disgusting. The The way it's filmed is very, very low budget as well. And the, the, there's like shaky cam whenever there's a like necrophilia scene, which is super gross. Uh, I did not super, I didn't enjoy it all that much, to be honest with you. I'm glad I saw it, kind of checked it off the video nasty list, but it's not one I would go out of my way to recommend. And huge trigger warning, for whatever reason, I still don't understand. They, uh, when they're doing one of the scenes with, you know, the, the dead body, they cut to a bunny getting like massacred and then like torn apart. And it's a, I'm pretty sure it's like an actual bunny that they like kind of killed on screen and everything. So if you're an animal lover, I would definitely pass on this one, which brings me to Necromantic 2, kind of the same deal, except this one is about a woman who digs up the body of the first guy from the first movie and starts going with him. But eventually she finds a real boyfriend and she starts like falling in love for him. And she has this conflicted kind of idea is, do I keep doing it with the corpse or do I go with my boyfriend? Because she's a necrophilia, necrophiliac, but at the same time she loves her boyfriend. And uh, eventually she decides that she just can't be with her boyfriend anymore or with the, the body anymore. So she, she cuts the body's head off and cuts his dick off and keeps both, but the, disposes of the rest of the body. And then there's another surprising type ending. I'm not going to spoil this one. It's, uh, you know, it's got a little bit more of a story than the first one. And unfortunately, again, with the friggin' uh, trigger warning, they like dismember a seal and kill a seal for no reason. Like, it makes no sense. Like, why the animal cruelty? You know, it's, it's bad enough that you're showing me this disgusting, slimy, black and blue decomposed body, you know, having intercourse with people. Do I really need the animal cruelty on top of that? I think no. 
So I gave them both two stars out of five. Um, the first one should have been a one star out of five, but I gave it an extra star because the last scene actually made me laugh out loud because of how ridiculous it was. Whereas the second one's a little bit better. I thought it was closer to three stars, but I took off a point because of that stupid animal cruelty scene. So that's Necromantic 1 and 2 over on Shutter. Gross. Lovely. I've never seen them. I've always wanted to. And I'll probably, I probably will, even though you didn't love them. It's just something to tick off the box, I think. All right, I got just one tonight. Um, this one you can check out over on Shutter. And it is called Spoonful of Sugar, 2023 release. Uh, this one just released very recently. Uh, this one is about a uh, young woman named uh, Millicent. She is uh, she gets a job as a babysitter to uh, a young boy named Johnny, who is essentially allergic to everything in the world. Uh, and he's also a mute. He doesn't speak. And the mother has like all these like crazy rules for him um, because... You know, he literally, like, can't do anything. He can't leave the house. He can't fucking, like, eat certain types of foods and all this, like, crazy shit. So she takes over um, the babysitting job, uh, and we come to find out that Johnny is a very uh, violent young boy. He is murdering animals uh, and digging them in the backyard, amongst other things. And, yeah, and what we also come to find out is the babysitter also has a dark side to her um she has a lot of uh, mental illness going on um and the reason for the title spoonful of sugar is because she takes a uh, little dip of lsd like every single day to help with that so the movie gets into like a lot of like weird uh hallucinations and like trippy scenes and stuff like that um th this movie's so bizarre though it has such like a weird like bizarre tone throughout it's super highly um sexually charged as well there's just like so much uh weird shit going on in this not the way and like i overall like i did enjoy this movie but like it just seems like so like just not believable like all the characters are just like all really like ramped up and just it just doesn't seem like something of this like world you know what i mean it's like it's just like really fucking bizarre but i did like it i don't think it's anything fantastic definitely not gonna make my top 10 or anything like that i gave it a three uh three stars out of five over on my letterbox so i think it's a good one-time watch but um you know not something you have to rush out to see either all right uh i only have one as well and this is a uh, part of the horror world tour so this was albania kosovo and georgia you know 20 years ago or so, these countries had some very brutal wars happen in them. And uh, a lot of the film culture right now, a lot of films coming out of this region is like based on those scars, right? So Zana or Zana, I don't know the exact pronunciation, but this one is over on Tubi. It's about a village that's recovering. You know, it's X amount of years after the war and our main female character um, is being pressured to conceive, right? She can't get pregnant. Um, and it's a cultural thing too, where the guys are allowed to take other brides, uh, just to have children. And the mother-in-law is like really big on like pressuring the, the lead character to get pregnant, things like that. But like, I, it's rough because this is labeled as a horror movie, but the only real, real horror stuff in it is like a couple daydreams and, um, regular dream sequences of like violence. Like she goes into 
a room and all her family's gathered around a corpse that's bleeding and things like that. So that's like where the horror comes from. But it's really about uh, PTSD, like especially when the reveal comes later on that her daughter was killed by the rival uh you know faction or whatever in front of her um of course like you feel for her, like she doesn't want to have another kid she had this this trauma happen to her and her husband is like doesn't give a shit about her trauma and i think that's something to do with the culture of this region too where it's just kind of like women don't get as many rights you know what i mean and it was heartbreaking especially having a, her performance is so good and her having to go through her heartache and everything and dealing with every single person that doesn't give a shit about how she feels, you know what I mean? And then the very end was just like a gut punch. Um, and I think Steve added it to his watch list, so I won't ruin the ending, but it had me like fucking depressed. And like every time I think about it, I'm just like, gosh, damn, that movie hit fucking hard. So it's, like I said, labels a horror movie. I would call it more of a, a, a war drama, but over on Tubi, I gave it a three and a half out of five. What was the title of that one again, Todd? Zana, Z A N A. Okay. Yeah, it's a country I don't have, so that's probably uh, what I'm going to pick for that. Um, all right. So, my last one this week is a movie from 2013 that I'm pretty sure Joe had recommended to me at some point. Uh, I'd put it on my watch list a long time ago, and that is Ty West's The Sacrament. Um, so, this movie is about a, a woman who goes to like kind of a cultish camp and her brother uh, wants to go and visit her. And he brings along a vice crew, uh, vice being like, I think it's a magazine or something, or maybe a, I'm not, I'm not super sure. Like an online, online, like news. They make okay. like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like alternative news, right? Yeah. 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 So it's like a news crew essentially. And it's a documentary crew in this case. And they go with him to this camp where uh, it's this guy named the father who runs this camp where people give all their money to him and in exchange they get to live in this place all together it's a community where people kind of uh, you know do whatever job they can do to help the community and stuff like that it's closed off to the world they have no internet or anything like that it's very like kind of religious you know he's kind of very preachy and stuff like that and it's about uh, you know the crew and experience what the experience is they go through while they're there um, this might be a spoiler to me it was super obvious where they were going with this from the beginning but this is basically a fictional reenactment of the Jonestown massacre um, it plays almost beat by beat exactly like it would have in that particular massacre just with less people involved if you look at any documentary about that it's absolutely fucking sick what uh, they did there uh, so it plays kind of like a smaller version of that but you have this documentary crew kind of detailing the last days of uh, this place. And it's, it's pretty sick. Like if, you know, because I know the real story, I guess it hit harder uh, be, uh, than it maybe would have if it, if I didn't know the real story, uh, it was still really tough to look at and tough to see. It was a little unbelievable at times that they kept rolling, like they're getting chased by a gunmen and stuff like that, but they always have like their cameras still there and stuff like that. And that's kind of one of the things about like found footage type movies or docu you know, faux documentary movies is that there needs to be a reason for them to keep filming. And at a certain point, you're like, they would have dropped the camera by now, you know, it makes no sense. But it's it was still a cool experience to see. I had never seen a 
like an account of that story, like a fictional account of that story. I'd only seen documentaries and like YouTube videos of it. So I think if you want to kind of know what that thing was kind of like, this might be a good movie to watch. Uh, the father character is very interesting. Uh, he really kind of steals the movie here. There's a scene where the documentary crew interviews him in front of his followers. And you can tell like how he plays both the documentary crew and his followers at the same time. Uh, and just see why people are following this guy. It was, I thought I thought it was a well-made film. I don't think it was like the best film ever or anything, but I would recommend it. I gave it three and a half stars on, over on Letterboxd, and I watched it on uh, VOD. 918 victims in Jonestown. Yeah. It's crazy. And mm-hmm. a freaking congressman, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah it was, it was they, whole thing. It was, Jonestown's wild, man. Like, cause like people like were trying to escape and they brought the politicians there to like see it. And then they like wouldn't let them leave and killed them before they could leave. It was fucking crazy shit. Yeah. There's a lot of really good, do- a lot of really good documentaries out there. If you haven't seen any, I think HBO did one. That was really good. Have you ever listened to the tapes? Yeah. They're fucking chilling. It's fucking yeah. disgusting. Like it's yeah. so difficult. To- Have you ever listened to them, Todd? No. So what they, they, they re- what do they do? They recorded uh, the last hour of after they took the uh, like the juice, you know, the Kool Aid, and he's like preaching while all this is happening. And you'll have moments where it's like, oh, this person just passed away, and you know, telling like, oh, you know, like put put it in your kid's mouth, and like you can hear the kids crying. It's like a, the, the one of the most chilling audios I've ever heard in my life. It's I wouldn't recommend it, you know, uh, unless you're really like interested in that kind of like history and just the dark history of the world. It's it's fucked up. It's it's a tough situation. So maybe a fictional account like The Sacrament is probably the best way to go instead of watching the real documentaries because it is really difficult. What was that one in um, over here, Joe? Where um, those people hell the the oh, comment was going by the sun group or, oh, or the column yeah. Yeah, the comment yeah they made a like documentary that. on that recently too um yeah, it's like fucking people dude yeah, yeah. there's one in canada too what i forget that? what they were called yeah it was uh not too far from where my grandparents lived uh, where but it was only like i say only it's, it's a lot it was like 16 people who killed themselves uh, uh but still you know it's just I, I don't these stupid cults like horrible yeah, I, was, I, I don't remember where I watched it. I think it might have been the early day, like early, early days of Netflix where they just had random shit on there. But it was like a dude, he had his own cult, religious, of course. And he, one of his followers, like they both got married, a male and a female. And af, right after they get married, is fucking gross, dude. The so-called priest throws himself on the ground because he got a vision from God or something that he, he needs to have sex with his wife right now. And like, so they the guy's wedding day he takes the woman off and you know has sex with her and then the documentary crew is like well why are you still doing it like a week later he's like well i'm not just gonna have sex with her once and it was like so fucking gross like these people and they're like i don't know charismatic i guess is what you can call it but definitely prey on people that need help which is which sucks Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that Haley's cult one was called Heaven's Gate. Heaven's that was the Gate, name of the yeah. cult. Yeah, it, and there's oh, the the website's still on for that. Is it really? Yeah, you can go to Heaven's Gate. Oh, like, not all of them kill themselves. Dang. It's still active. That's wild. The HBO did do a documentary a few years ago on that one uh, too. It's called Heaven's Gate: The Cult of Cults. So, if anyone wants to see that one, 
Yeah, you can go to heavensgate.com and it's like a 1999 webpage still. It's fucking, wow. I'm on it right that, now. It's nuts. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. All right, lighter stuff. Trivia? Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> I'm almost bummed we don't have another uh, sponsor we could throw <laughs> to. <laughs> ruin that, too. Bummer. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the points are as follows. Joe in a strong lead of 19, myself at 13, Steve with 11. Um, we got about three more games for first quarter. So let's see what happens. I'll start it off. I'll start off because I'm feeling a little off tonight. So maybe I can snap myself out by asking you guys questions first. All right. Okay. Not including The Sixth Sense. What is M. Night Shyamalan's highest grossing film? Ooh. Ooh. That's a... Uh... Oh my god! I'd, I'd be between uh, two. I'm gonna say s- split. I'm, I'm gonna incorrect. go. You said incorrect. Incorrect for split. Yeah. I would go signs. Signs is correct. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was, was that was peak. my second guess. Yeah. Yeah. I can you guys guess the third one? I never would have thought. I've never seen it, but it's the last Airbender, number three. Oh, it's oh yeah. Oh, fuck, it's it? I heard it's Dude, terrible. It just yeah. it ruined Avatar, which is the, the actual <laughs> name of that. Uh, <laughs> Of that series it's an anime right it's an an, it's a super popular anime that he just yeah. fucking butchered i saw it in theaters it was horrible <laughs> yeah that's hit that one and lady in the water ones i've never seen from him lady in the water is not very good either it's not, it's, not it's interesting bad. though yeah it's interesting yeah. but it's 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 like he was at that point where he had to do a twist ending you know because mm. he had done it for the previous four films and he forced it so hard on Lady in the Water. Yeah. There's like yeah. a guy who's one big arm and one small arm. Yeah. And then he has a guy who's good at puzzles. And it's like so obvious where they were going with it. It was just yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, that's I haven't seen that since theaters, <laughs> but I remember being like, eh, not great. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get it. Uh, my f- first one tonight is going to be three letterbox reviews. Oh, okay. Guess the movie. Let's do it. All right. All right, number one. Just called my grandparents and told them to fuck off forever. The visit. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured it'd be an M. Night film. Which I still think is a fucking terrible... Uh, well, first, I don't like the movie, but I think the setup is just awful. Like, she, they hadn't seen the grandparents ever. The mom had never hadn't seen him in 15 years. You don't give him a fucking picture. <laughs> yeah, seriously come on man and the fucking rapper kid shut the hell up please. oh my god the rapper kid Ooh, that is that that's in the hall of fame of the worst <laughs> we'd rather uh, hang out with him or the girl from psycho gorman for like two days oh fucking shit or the girl and the little girl in this movie tonight oh my god dude. well yeah grasshopper i'll fucking pick grasshopper sure. yeah, yeah. right uh, uh, uh probably him i'd say uh, he was just too sassy all the time he just raps badly you know? uh all right so this is a pretty easy one but i was i didn't have a lot of time and i was tired today <laughs> who played hannibal lecter in manhunter oh it's a good movie too especially the ending oh god I don't think I've ever I got seen his it. head in my fu- I got his face in my mind. Oh, I that doesn't help. <laughs> I, well, can I describe the face? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you describe it to me. Maybe I can get no, it. No, you should have. Oh, wow. I thought this one is a, a slam dunk. I've, I've never seen it. Really? Oh, you should check it out. It's just, it's yeah. interesting to see Hannibal Lecter played by someone else. 
Mm. And knowing that it was before kind of excuses it because, you know, it's not like... It's like a prequel? It's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's Red Dragon, essentially. Oh, okay. But Red with, Dragon's uh, good Will, too. William Peterson as like the cop, you know, the Grissom from CSI uh, Vegas. Are you guys good? Yeah, I just yeah. got his face. I can't name it's, him. It's uh, mm-hmm. Brian Cox. Mm. Brian Cox? Son of a bitch, dude. Hey, he plays oh, a good Hannibal actor. It's just he got overshadowed so bad by... Uh, I just started. Well, I just started on Succession. Actually, the first season. It's nice. been pretty good. Brian nice. Cox. He's a good actor. Shut up. Yeah, he is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a monkey jail in Planet of the Apes. Right. As well. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> okay. Steven right, Todd. Ta- oh, is it my turn? Okay. No, no it's my turn. Right. Okay. Three. Letterbox reviews. Number one. All right. I was pissing myself in the theater. When the guy behind me yelled, oh my God, that's the guy from Narnia. Number two. Split. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first movie I saw him in, actually. Split? No, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, oh yeah. He's like a fucking deer, isn't he? Half, half, yeah, half deer, half human. I just remember there being like a fucking beaver. Yep. Talking beavers. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Match the M Night Shyamalan cameo to the movie. So Ooh. I will give you, I nice. will give you the character name, and you guess the oh, movie. Christ. <laughs> okay. M Night played in this movie, the character of Ray Reddy. Knock at the cabin. Incorrect. Fucking selling whatever you were selling on infomercial. I'm gonna go the village. Incorrect. The correct answer is signs. Sign. Oh, he plays the dude that kills his wife. He kills his wife. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His biggest man, role, man. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. What was he selling in this movie? I forget. He's just a, like, how oh, was he? I don't remember. That would have been a good Oh, yeah. Movie. It was like chicken, wasn't it? Or like an air fryer? I think oh, it was an, it was air, an fryer. air fryer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yep. Based the movie, or guess the movie, based on the letterbox review. I found the plot to be too predictable and it had a weak lead performance. Okay. I have a guess already, but I'll wait. (laughs) Say it. Do it. No. Pulling off mostly single location films is always tricky, but this movie did a decent job of it. That's my review. Is is it? No, No, it's not? Okay, all right. I feel like like that's something I wrote in a movie. Single location film. Weak. Okay, last one. This was a really cool take on Lovecraftian horror. Super simple, yet very effective. Hey, that one's mine. Glo- that, glorious. that one's yours. Yeah. <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> that, that, that was the three of us, actually. I was what like, did, I, what did I say? These sound really it, was, it was the first line of all three of our reviews. So yours was, I found the plot to be too predictable and it had a weekly performance. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that style that you're starting to make yeah. our reviews as. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See if we can remember our own reviews. <laughs> I'm going to put like a hot topic word in all my reviews now. Right. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Name the movie based off three actors. Actor number one, or actress, I should say, Robin Wright, who plays Jenny yeah. in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Actor number two, Bruce Willis, who plays John McClane in Die Hard. If you didn't know who Bruce Willis was. Um, actor number three, 
Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Unbreakable. I've got to go to the tapes. So I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be really close. Yeah, it's close. I'm not getting both you motherfuckers point either. So no, no. <laughs> I'll I'll check it on the uh and report back. Yeah, that which is um M Knight's favorite one of his movies. I, I, I don't yeah. I don't remember I, I really like it. it. I don't I either, either, but she was in there. <laughs> is she the wife? Of, I have no fucking clue. I just looked on IMDb. Yeah. I can look real quick. I think it's a brilliant movie. It's, I just don't remember. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. I, she, she was pretty wife. young. She was still pretty young in that, right? Because Zombrick yeah, was pretty old. Yeah, she plays Audrey Dunn. Yeah, yeah as well as his wife. wife. She, yeah. Okay, the wife. I haven't hey. seen that since like release, I think. Mm-hmm. One time. That's a, it's a good It's a very good one. Mm-hmm. Back to That's me. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one. Stephen Todd's favorite. Match the killer to the movie. Sheesh. Tonight we have Kevin Wendell Crumb. Oh, um, that is um, split. That is correct. Yeah, I couldn't fucking split. Name it. All M Night. Yeah, I figured that's my. I was trying to think <laughs> which M Night films had a killer <laughs> yeah. in it. And I didn't think you'd do split twice. That's I, I like. I took it out of my list. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm trying off a new game. Okay, okay. let's see if you guys like it. I think 45, it's fun. Forty-five second trivia. Here it comes. This is something I do all the time, and I figured I'm going to use it now for trivia. Okay. So this is guess the movie based off the parental guide on IMDb. I'm going to give you <laughs> one uh, piece per subcategory okay. of IMDb so, and see if you guys can. So guess. nudity, violence, and all that. Right. Exactly. Got it. Sex and nudity. A character performs a strip tease to attract a demon, but stops just shy. Night of the demons. Wrong. Fuck, now I can't answer until fucking Joe. Violence and gore. (laughs) A character has a large amount of blood vomited into their mouth by a demon. Oh, I got it. Fuck. Joe, hurry up and get something wrong. Uh, Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Come on, Joe. Fucking stop fucking around. A succubus smokes cigarettes <laughs> to entice a former smoker. All right. I got it. And finally, you got one. There's one more. Damn it. Frightening and intense scenes. The general tone of this film is comedic, although some of the gore and jump scares might be too much for some. All right. Don't say anything else for this freaking turd. Because well, I got it. it. That, that's that's <laughs> all four subcategories of IMDb. That sounds really fucking familiar, especially the blood. It's not. It's like a Japanese film that you're not going to get. No, it's not. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's actually a Korean film that we watched two years ago. You're fucking fucking me up, Todd. Um, Remember that J-horror that you really liked? (laughs) (laughs) Remember Audition? God. Is it... um... It's not. (laughs) Todd, you're fucking me up, man. Uh, uh, now see, Todd's fucked me up so bad. I had a movie, and now I'm just gonna say another movie. Remember Pennywise the Clown, Dancing Clown, actually. <laughs> it, is it Evil Dead? Wrong. It is Cabin in the Woods. Wrong. Uh, oh no! Oh. I'm so confident. <laughs> Wait, do I have? Can I guess one more? Yeah, and then I'm gonna give you guys a hint, and get you get one last guess. Okay. Each. Okay. Um, I'm so confident. My, my other guess is um, Drag Me to Hell. Wrong. Okay. Uh, so my last my last hint is that we reviewed this movie on the podcast. 
Okay, mm. can we go through them again? Because I was <laughs> I was so happy. I thought I had it. Sure. I'm not going to put them in the same order because I don't have them in the order. But uh, the frightening one was the general tone of this film is comedic, although some of the gore and jump scares might be too much for some. Uh, a succubus smokes cigarettes to entice a former smoker. That one throws me off. I can't. <laughs> a, a character performs a strip tease to attract a demon, but, but dazzled just shy of the <laughs> Bedazzled. Bedazzled. What the fuck is Bedazzled? Great movie. Wow, yeah. with uh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And fucking, what's her <laughs> name? <All right. laughs> Elizabeth and Hurley. Last yeah. one, a character has a large amount of blood vomited into their mouth by a demon. I know that. Like, I can picture that but fucking scene. We reviewed scene. it on the podcast. So. Yeah. Oh, I got it. What's that? I think. You got one it, more guess. Chapter two. Wrong. <laughs> oh, fuck. Good guess, though. What is it? You don't, you, you get up? Um, I'll get one more. We reviewed it. Yeah, we did. Oh God! And there's the fucking throw up in the mouth and it's blood. I can see where you got it. Chapter two from. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know. I thought it was right. Cabin in the Woods. So the movie is porno. Oh, it's oh porno? God! I don't even remember reviewing that. Movie, <laughs> yeah, but we did. I think we wow. did. Wow. We did. We did. Day. That's yeah. that's the one. That's the one in the movie theater, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that movie. That movie Damn. sucked. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of that uh, new game? That's cool. I like. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always look at the uh, at the parental guide. I think it was like entertaining. So. Yeah, I do too. Might, might as well use it for <laughs> for trivia. Love it. All right, Todd. Is that it? Yep. All right. Uh, Steve and I tied with two apiece tonight. Joe with one. Joe still in the lead with twenty. Myself fifteen. Steve thirteen. All right. Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, currently out 2023 on VOD and in theaters. Save your family or save humanity. Make the choice. While vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Also based on the book by Paul Tremblay. Um, yeah, so we start off pretty... We, we get right into this film, actually. We're, we're introduced to Wen, who's of Chinese, American, Chinese descent. We learn that she's adopted by her two, her two dads, and we learn that through the backstory. But we catch up with her right in the beginning, where she's in the forest, and she's catching grasshoppers. All of a sudden, this uh, very large man, played by Dave Bautista, walks out of nowhere. He's kind of awkward um, in the way he walks. He keeps looking back behind him, like, what's he looking for? Things like that. And then he goes up and talks to Wen. And he tells her, like, hey, you know, like, I'm a nice guy. I want to be your friend. And, of course, she's, you know, saying, I don't talk to strangers. And he's like, oh, I'm here to be your friend. So we're not going to be strangers anymore. But you need to tell your dads that they need to let me in because you guys need to make a choice. And just remember that none of this is your fault. And then we see three other people emerge from the woods, all carrying uh, big old weapons. We got sledgehammer looking things. We got kind of like weird axe kind of items, things like that, makeshift weapons. She runs to the house, then we are introduced to her two dads who are hanging out, chilling. Originally, they don't believe that um, Wen is telling the truth, thinks that she's like a young girl playing tricks. I think she's eight or nine or something in this. And then we hear a knock on the door and Batista speaks through it. Hey, you guys need to let me in. Um, essentially, there's gonna be an apocalypse and you guys need to help us stop it. And of course they don't listen and they threaten them with a gun that they don't have, that they're gonna fight if you come in. They can't call the cops because they cut the phone line, things like that. And eventually, uh, you hear a bunch of them arguing outside saying, hey, we're wasting time. We need to get in there now. 
they break in and after a scuffle, uh, they overpower the two dads and they tie them up in a chair and tell them like, hey, basically that we all got these visions. We all saw the end of the world. It starts in, in three phases. The first one is much of the earthquakes, tidal waves, things like that. Second one is that um, there's gonna be a plague released across the world, a bunch of people dying. And the third one that the skies will fall or something like that and burn the earth. And of course they don't believe them and they have to try to convince them. And that's the story. I had read the book and I give it a, a like a really like a four and a half out of five on Goodreads. And I thought it was fantastic. I love the characters in that. The two dads are excellent. Wayne is excellent. Our main bad guy, Dave Bautista is excellent in the book. And then unfortunately we get to the, the movie and overall, and we'll talk about the differences later, but the thing, they were pretty faithful to the book up until the end where it just went off the fucking rails as M. Night tends to do. And in this one, in the movie, in my opinion, it doesn't go off the rails in any crazy way. It just doesn't take any risks. So that's my ultimate um, like bummer about the movie. Love the book. Thought the movie was serviceable, but nowhere near the standard that the book set, which is crazy to me. And we'll talk about why later. Um, but overall, enjoyed it, but nothing that's gonna, I'm going to write home about. Yeah, yeah. Um... I didn't read the book, so I went into this, you know, fairly blind other than uh, the trailers, although I think the trailers do give a lot of this movie away. But overall, like, I I kind of echo Todd in a lot of ways. I enjoyed it. I think it's serviceable. But ultimately, I am left frustrated because I think M. Night definitely played this one too safe. Like, it, I feel like it was extremely predictable like i knew exactly where it was going to go the entire way and it never veered off that road it was like a straight road you know the whole way and that you know and it was just kind of like disappointing because i think it had potential to be great and we'll get into it because i after watching this i was very curious to see how the book ended so i went up and looked it up and i think the way the book ends or the way the book kind of goes was much better uh, than, you know, how the movie does it. So, you know, I think it's, it's pretty tight though. Like I think it's, I mean, the cinematography is great in this. It's really well acted. I appreciated that it got right into it. This movie like wasted no fucking time. Like it, it immediately got right into it and, you know, never really lets up, but uh, it's just, M night, not wanting to kind of holding back and not wanting to go places um, that I think he should have went. So, yeah. Yeah, so I um I wasn't like super anticipating this movie, but uh you know, I like most of M Night's work, so I was kind of curious as where it would go. I read I heard that the book was really good, so that was a good thing going for it. And I got to say the movie meh. Yeah. Uh I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I really dug Dave Bautista's performance in this. Uh, he's just getting super good as an actor. Uh, he's good at everything he's in. So that was awesome. And I also like the gay couple. I thought they were really good in their role. I feel like the characters were too underdeveloped though, because I did not care really about any of them. It's just, if, if they died in the movie, I was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I, I just didn't care. And I feel like there were so few characters in this movie that they should make me care about them. Like, give me more character development that makes me give a shit if they die, and I just didn't. So that was kind of a problem for me. And I feel like there's a great story here, 
but I don't know if it was told in a in the in a good way. You know, it's like I could see through the brushes, like through the bushes, that there's something really good there. It's just I don't know. The story was just so linear, and there weren't any big surprises. There's no like oh shit moments like at all practically. Uh, it was cool to see kind of the apocalypse starting to happen. You know, like the tsunami scene was really cool. Uh, the planes falling out of the sky was really cool. But it was a very unmemorable movie. Like I watched it three days ago. And I feel like I barely remember what the movie looked like because there was nothing that really stood out as being this fantastic thing, you know? So I was like into the mystery. Like I was really curious where it was going. So I was never bored, which is probably my biggest cinema sin is being bored. So I was never that. But I, it just kind of came and went and ended. I was like, eh, you know, so I'm kind of in the middle, I guess. I didn't love it, didn't hate it. It was just an entertaining, you know, two hours or whatever it was. Do you know the um, alternate ending, Steve? I don't. I'm, re I'm really curious about it. <laughs> yeah, just a couple more positives. I agree. Cinematography was really good. Um, like some of the shots is fucking like sick. Like, gosh, that was really cool. Um, I like the four horsemen of the apocalypse thing that they're the theme we're going with, you know, the four, the two girls and the two guys. And I, I'm wondering, like, since I never saw a Harry Potter movie, were you Harry Potter fans excited to see what's his face as Redmond? Weasley. <laughs> Rupert, Ru Rupert Rupert Grint. Um, he actually is currently in Servant, which I'm watching. So oh, like, is he's he? okay. he, yeah, he's really great in that too, which only two more episodes left in the series. So stuff shit's starting to get crazy. So I'll give I'll do a full breakdown on that in a couple of weeks. Uh of how the, if it's worth if it was worth it or not. But uh yeah, I, I mean I thought it was cool to see him in this because he's done servant and I'm not a massive Harry Potter fan, but yeah, I thought he was good in this. I actually wish he was in it longer. I think yeah. he should yeah, he was one of the better uh like more interesting kind of characters. And he's from Massachusetts. Shout out. How how, how was his uh <laughs> his Boston accent? I mean, you know, this is fine, you know, <laughs> they are, you know, serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's one of like, and a, a lot of things are always lost in translation, right? When you're going from a book to a movie, unfortunately, but some of the stuff that was lost, like made the book good, you know, like, of course there's going to be more backstory in the book is and you got 400 pages opposed to an hour and a half movie, but a lot of the Redmond stuff was left on the cutting block, you know? They mentioned it here, you know? They talked about how he assaulted him in the bar and things like that, and how they kind of played with, like, no, Redmond sent this whole thing up just to fuck with us because we're gay, you know what I mean? But in the movie, they kind of, like, go through that very quickly. But in the book, it's like a main thing where, like, Leonard and them argue about it because he's like, all right, what if they're fucking telling the truth that Leonard set this up, a message board in 2023? For this like how is that even feasible um but yeah they lean into that where it makes you question as a reader like oh shit was redden really just that big of a fucking bigot that he would go through all this trouble after serving prison time just to have revenge on this gay couple now because they have a kid and it kind of puts that in your mind where you're like i don't know what to believe anymore which leads into the actual ending of the book where it's so in a pivotal scene in the movie, Leonard and them are fighting over a gun, right? Leonard and the main, one of the main dads, they're fighting over it. It's in their hand, and Leonard just fucking loses it and crushes the dude's hands. But the gun goes off and shoots one in the face, killing her. So in the book, it's like, holy shit. They're wrestling, they're fighting, and then boom, and then everything stops. Leonard stops. Um, the dad stop, obviously. And then they take, you know, they see Wayne, and she's fucking dead. But then it goes right back into it, like, hey, 
we don't know if the sacrifice counts because it wasn't a willing sacrifice. Like, and then at, at this point, one of the surviving bad people kills Leonard by beating him to death with his own weapon. And the, the dads take one out and they're just like, fuck it. We're not doing anything. And it leaves it open-ended where was it truly apocalypse? Did Wen save it by dying? You don't know. And a lot of people for the reviews, that's their negative about the book is that it's open-ended, but seeing the different version of the movie where it's closed and like, yeah, they saved the day and everyone's happy, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't like it. I think the ambiguous ending of one, you have to deal with this fucking heartache of your kid getting shot in front of you. And then two, now us as a reader dealing with that and we're dealing with like a big question mark. I think it works. And I just, I can't, I don't see why he fucking altered it. I think it's uh, his own sort of maybe things about killing a child, maybe like something just maybe he does, he can't do it's I mean, it's a very taboo thing to do, but I think this would have made the movie so much. You're we're missing that like, holy shit type moment in this movie. Like I said, it's straight road the whole way. If when dies, like it would have been that holy shit moment would have totally veered that car and it would have just fucking, and it would have just, you know, just punched you right in the heart, you know, cause she's such a sweet, seems like such a sweet girl. And I, I, I that's what's missing here. And it's just, I feel like Shaman's taken risks in the past, but he, yeah, for whatever reason here, he just didn't want to follow the source material. And I mean, maybe, I mean, I think he is a father now, Mitch you know, and so maybe that was he killed a, something. He killed a baby in his last one. Which one old? Yeah. Remember did he? They, I don't oh yeah, I guess he did. Yeah. Sex right. Dies. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Right. So that, yeah. Right. And that was pretty crazy, pretty risky. So yeah, I don't know why he didn't want to, to follow the, the source material here, but I, I think it was a, a huge mistake. Well, now I'm bummed because <laughs> I want that ending. Uh, I think ambiguous endings can be, can work sometimes to a movie's uh, advantage. You know, I think of, and they're not horror, but inception, uh, the ambiguous ending of that elevated the movie total recall the ambiguous ending of that one elevated the movie Damn you know, yeah yeah uh you know the so i think that ending that you described todd would have made more sense to me in this context because seeing the apocalypse so do, do you like know do you see the apocalypse happening in the book like do they know that planes are falling out of the sky you don't, and- you don't see it as in your face as they see it in the movie it's still ambiguous because they really lean into they know the tv schedule you know because they can't prove like some stuff they can't prove like they're just like leonard's basically like trust me that's it like so it's never there's no it's always 50 50 like that's how good the book is is that 50 percent? like oh shit they could be full of shit and then the other one's like yeah but they got all this proof it's like what do you believe and then it ends right so th- th- yeah. that's what it should have been like this that's what this movie it was missing was not knowing for sure if the apocalypse was really happening or the whole thing was just a ruse which and we didn't get that at all because you see planes falling in the sky from outside the cabin and that that shot alone ruins the entire illusion that this could be you know something else and it why i don't know it just like by the end so having not read the book didn't know the story i was still kind of confused like why like, like why the, this family like why is this happening like it's just i don't know it just didn't do yeah. yeah they all got visions of like 
the cabin and you know they showed at the beginning of the movie too like they're doodling like they couldn't think of anything else but death but yeah like like i said in the book it's much more fleshed out yeah and that right. goes to, back to what i was saying it's like i could see if there's a good story here but i could tell that this wasn't the way to tell it you know mm -hmm. yeah it seemed really underdeveloped in a lot of ways like i felt like a lot of the characters weren't you know like i, I feel like jumping right into it might have been a mistake because you could have kind of built up um like you know the maybe the beginning of the movie is kind of that attack scene we get in the flashback scenes you know and then it kind of builds up with them kind of going to the cabin to get away or so i i don't know but i, I just feel like like the character like the development of the characters wasn't great here um especially the four horsemen characters like i think the you know the they did a good job developing the family but the uh the other the four horsemen characters i think could have used a little more development um so when they were killing themselves like each other um it, it would have been more uh impactful also someone had mentioned too when i didn't really think of it until i read it was that all of the kills are pretty much off screen which is like another reason of not taking any risks like show some of that death and destruction and it might have been way more impactful yeah and they describe it too like leonard caves in redmond's chest like in front of everybody and makes them watch because like this is what happens you know if you don't fucking follow the rules and um they also lean into i forget the the andrew or eric which one's which but the dude that had the concussion um they lean into his like buying it early, more early on because he sees like a ghostly figure instead of just like a flash of light you know um so we also go along with him and his husband arguing because they leave him alone at night like they just let him sleep together so like they're arguing about like what's it's just i know it's lost in translation i guess it just they still could have stuck because that's the thing like the whole book plays out pretty much like it does in the movie like you start off right right away in the in the book too like she's playing outside he comes they retreat and then they break in so like that all that stuff is like it's the same thing up until when's death that's when they change things so bummer what do you, what do you think about her uh performance though it was a little a little off for me <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to knock kids actors, I know, but I, I, I think it was a little hairy. It's not, not, not the best. I think they could have found someone maybe a little better, but she was really cute. <laughs> I'll give her that. It didn't bother me. Kid. I don't know. It just, it, there, yeah, there was a scene where they were singing in the car that it almost looked like she was looking at like a teleprompter. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You guys saw that? All right. Yeah. Like, yeah What's yeah. she looking at? Like, there's that's just the radio. Like, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I thought the, all the act, I thought the acting all around was like really, really good in this. I liked, I liked everyone, but yeah, Batista, I think, was the standout, and I'm excited. I hope he sticks around, sticks like to more serious roles and shit, because that's what he apparently yeah. wants to do. He said in an interview, yeah. that's why he's dropping uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or Marvel in general. He says he wants to do more like serious roles, but he is campaigning for Gears of War like really hard right now. So I hope they give him that because Netflix is developing that, and I think. Batista would be like it's perfect. Marcus Phoenix. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, just a kind of a little side note tangent, something I learned recently that people might find interesting uh, that I didn't know. This blew my mind. Uh, so, Lauren Lavera, who we interviewed for Terrifier 2 in October, was the uh, body double for Anya Taylor Joy in Split. And that's, that was her first job. And I, that, I never knew that. And she said that M. Night like really helped her with her career and even though she was basically just a body double you know like a and 
apparently he like really helped her through the process showed her like what things were and explained some stuff for her and apparently he's a great director and a great person so yeah that blew my mind like it, it, now, now that i think of it like i could see how she can body double on a taylor joy i bet you could creeper <laughs> <laughs> i guess ratings are we done yeah, yeah i think so yeah yeah this is difficult to rate like i have it on uh, as a three on letterbox you know because it's not a bad movie you know it's just like we've all said forgettable so i guess sticking with the three maybe to two maybe a two and a half it doesn't feel like a two and a half movie though so i guess i'll stick no yeah um you know even though we were like a little rough on it i still enjoyed it like i was like steve said i was never bored it went by pretty smoothly i thought it was acting great it's just at the end of the day, it's just like frustrating because I think this could have been top 10, maybe even top five territory had they made different decisions. But as it stands, it's just kind of a, a good movie, but not a great movie. So I, I, I still enjoyed it. I would still recommend it. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Yeah. And I'm going to continue my streak of being the Grinch of the podcast. Uh, I give it a 2.5. Like I said, it was just like middle of the road for me. Uh, I saw a great story there somewhere. I just don't think this movie did a good job of uh, showing that story. It's just too many holes for me to give it anything higher. But it was, I also wasn't bored. So yeah, 2.5, right down the middle. Special respect to the author though, Paul Tremblay. Um, normally like authors wouldn't be honest about a film adaptation, usually. And uh, he came out and said like, he fucking hated the ending. <laughs> like, and it, I'm, you know, on his newsletter or whatever he reviewed it because he went to the opening night and he's like yeah i love Red seeing redmond get his ass kicked um but i hated the fucking ending so that's you know cool of him to be honest for a review instead of just fucking pencil whipping it yeah it's unfortunate but hey we got like 100 more of these movies to watch this year so something will something be great all right this is this is another movie that's rated r that i just don't understand the rating really for what <laughs> purpose there's nothing i can't think of anything that was like more than the pg um maybe because when was like in danger yeah come on all the kills all the kills are off screen like i don't remember you know swearing even that much like that i can think of if leonard was coaching my kid basketball dude i'd be fucking scared of him dude (laughs) like drive to the lane okay sorry Would you meet Batista? He was at a con recently, and I didn't. I well, uh, a couple years ago, and his fucking line was massive. I bet. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling plus Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. And now everything else that he's doing, yeah, he's just he's going to become un- un- unobtainable. Yeah, he probably won't do many cons anymore. No, he's working. It was, like, that con. That con was crazy. It was Gal Gadot was there too. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah, it was, they had a lot of star power at that one. Yeah, it's no. crazy. Shout out Rhode Island Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives us press passes every year. So thank you. Then shout out to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. That is going to be it this week. We hope you enjoyed our review of Knock at the Cabin. Next week, we are going to be toddless, but Steve and I are going to be doing a full review of the entire season of The Last of Us. Uh, the season finale is coming up uh, this Sunday. So Steve and I will be doing a full breakdown of that should be a really fun episode to get into 
that show, which is one of the hottest shows, you know, going right now for sure. So uh, if you're not caught up, go watch that. Uh, you can watch it on HBO Max or just HBO if you want to do it the old fashioned way, nine o'clock on Sundays and watch it that way. In the meantime, you can follow us on all of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us anytime, the horror squad podcast at gmail.com. And the, of course, the absolute best way to keep up the podcast is our Discord. Just send us a DM on any of our socials, and we will send you a link to get into that Discord completely free to join. And it is an amazing community of people. So come in and join that. And yeah, I think that's about it. So we will see you guys next week for The Last of Us. Bye. See ya. Ah. in danger i am the danger a guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me no i am the one who knocks <laughs>